Chapter Twenty Seven of the Queen of Appalachia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kolada. The Queen of Appalachia by Joe H. Borders. Chapter Twenty Seven. Miss Arnold makes a confession. Miss Arnold was in the blue room all alone, Angelina having just gone out. Her mind was not at ease, and her thoughts were anything but satisfactory. If I had only told him all when we first met, she soliloquized. But it's no use to cry over past mistakes. I am in a quandary. What course to pursue, I know not. I would confess, but to do that might prove costly. I dare not risk it. No, he would leave me. He frowns on deception. What am I to do? Tell him I must sooner or later, else he would discover the truth, and I am lost to him forever. Oh God, why was I so foolish? Why do I have to endure so much suffering? Hark, he comes. I must hide these tears. He must not know. Not now. Am I late, Miss Arnold? Why do you insist upon calling me Miss Arnold, Paul? She asks, greeting him warmly. I once had a, a friend whose name was May. Spoke Paul calmly. I say a friend, but it is due to you that I should explain all. I intended to do so all along, and now the opportunity presents itself. And with your permission, I will to thee a tale unfold, and thus redeem my promise. Oh, I remember your promise," said Miss Arnold, trying to appear calm. When I was young and foolish, I suppose I was foolish," began Paul. I began a correspondence with a young and foolish girl over in New Jersey. We exchanged silly letters for eight or nine years. Without ever having seen each other, one day she wrote a short note, advising me of her coming marriage. I guess I cried over it. It came so unexpectedly, but I managed to get over the cruel treatment of my unknown correspondent, and had almost forgotten her when I received another letter from her. She was still unmarried, giving a full explanation of the death of her groom-to-be. And she inveigled me into another season of correspondence. You, you certainly were easily led on. I confess to a strange but partial attachment, so strong, in fact, that I went so far as to write her of an intended visit. She was delighted, of course. No, I rather think she avoided my visit. She sent her apologies. She was suddenly going away, and then. I had business in New York, and while there, I wrote her. You see, she was spending the week over in Brooklyn. Yes, yes," spoke she. She answered your letter. Yes, and we arranged for a meeting. She disappointed me. A sigh escaped him unawares, but was not lost on his audience. Not intentionally. 
as to that I always remained in ignorance. She she explained, apologized, didn't she, Paul? She wrote me, yes. In fact, proposed another meeting, and I accepted, fully believing her story. And was again disappointed? Truly spoken, I shall never forget that unhappy occasion. I infer it was a bitter disappointment. I will not seek to hide it from you, and I shall never forget the circumstance. She was ill, perhaps, Paul? So stated, but I will always think that she was ill for a purpose. No, 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 Paul. Do not condemn her and her. My dear, I am not condemning, but merely saying she feigned illness to avoid me. She would not do that. I, I know she wouldn't. Your pure mind, dear, cannot conceive of anyone practicing deception. But you do not, happily, know the ways of the social world. Deceit is a great part of the social life. I can never tell him now, thought she. If she had been honest with me, had frankly told me she did not care to meet me. But, Paul, what evidence have you that she avoided you? Evidence? She sent a shameless woman to me with apologies, a woman whom I took for May Temple, who led me to believe was the woman I had learned to love. In my happiness, I allowed her to take me to a wine room, and I was shocked to find her not only intemperate and rakish, but an old frequenter of the disreputable place. My patience was soon exhausted, and when she introduced me to a drunken friend of hers, no, let me tell you all, I could stand it no longer, and I excused myself and left them. Why, dear, don't cry. I went into the adjoining box, and while there overheard a story that made my blood boil. I realized the truth. She was not May. May, May was not to blame for, for this woman's false moves, Paul. She never knew that she played such a game. Why, my dear, said Paul, interrupting her as she talked between her choking sobs. You seem greatly affected over the affair. I am sorry I spoke of it. Come, kiss me and forget about it. Have you forgiven her, May Temple, for her, her apparent cruel treatment? Accepting his caresses. I drove her from my mind, dear. Never to return? I am almost ready to believe you are jealous. If so, dismiss the green-eyed monster immediately. There is no one who stands between me and the woman I love. Sealing the affirmation with a kiss. But suppose, Paul, she had met you afterwards and gave you a perfectly satisfactory explanation. Suppose, Paul, she was up to the ideal you had painted her in your infatuation that sent you after her. Say she was attractive, loving and good. Like you, for example, interrupted he. Yes, if you will. That she was like me in every particular. Suppose you had met her. You are cruel to paint such an unreasonable picture, my dear. What might have happened? Yes, you know, Paul, that instead of being in a palatia at this moment, talking to me, you would have been entertaining Mrs. Thornton, 
formerly made temple. In that case, I might have been happy, and yet I would not have been a teacher. I would not have met you. I would not have invaded this heavenly kingdom, Miss Arnold. I am perfectly content with my lot. Oh, Paul! She cried, her head falling on his shoulder. I can't keep silent any longer. Kill me if you will. I am May Temple. You cried he, springing to his feet as if electrified. Don't leave me, Paul. Let me explain myself. I love you. I I meant to tell you. I swear I did. God helping me, I meant no harm in exhuming the character of Miss Arnold, but I was so happy, and I feared to tell you the truth. I was jealous of all of it, and I dared not say anything then. My love and devotion led me on. She broke down at last and fell to the floor. Paul stooped down and kissed her white lips, rang for a maid, and took his leave, knowing she would revive soon. Meeting Queen Olivet in the hall, he told the secret and begged her to go to May with words of hope and comfort. End of chapter twenty-seven. Miss Arnold makes a confession. Recorded by Kolada.